right. How, how's everything going? Uh, it's going fine. What can I do for you? Um, this is actually my first time using Skype, uh, so <laughs> so I'm just you know getting acquainted with the system. Um, but uh, like I had wrote in my email, um, I had uh, discussed with you how I had recently broken up with a girl I was seeing, um, and the reason she stated that. Uh, that we had broken up uh, was because I was, you know, I, I you know, was an atheist. And well, let me just give you some background on, on the situation. It's actually sure. um, pretty funny. I I met this girl while I was, you know, uh, working um, in grad school right now, and I uh, work for the university full time. And initially, she had, you know, she had uh, pursued, you know, pursued me. Um, we, you know, we would pass each other by, you know, catch glances in the hallway, that kind of, those, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, she had come up and, you know, introduced herself to me, um, which to me was just kind of like, oh, I was like, oh, wow, you know, she seems, you know, pretty confident and um you know to come up and do that so you know i just kind of went with that and we went on our first date and um during that uh first exchange i decided to you know i decided to really take the um rtr approach to things and really just you know really just having a genuine honest conversation and like you know really discuss myself and just be an open book for the most part and you know that went surprisingly well you know none of my you know as we were conversating none of my alarm systems <laughs> went off at all and, oh it was a good sign yeah it was a really good sign actually um she seemed to open up and you know i didn't you know i didn't get any indication that that she was you know uh lying or was just kind of turned off by the conversation um and things were just flowing really well this is you know this is during the first date and so the first date was actually a lunch date and you know we spent the entire time talking about um our different things and you know i even brought up the subject of of you know philosophy i talked about you know how how I got into um, philosophy, and you know how how like religion didn't really work for me. So this is something that was kind of implicitly implicitly stated um, during the Sorry. first day. Religion did, doesn't. That was how you phrased it. Religion doesn't really work for you. Yeah. <laughs> and go on. <laughs> why why am I bossing you then? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like a glove that doesn't fit you but might fit other people <laughs> right it's 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 a, it's a pretty um uh subjectivist way of putting it right yeah yeah that's true because right, philosophy isn't about what works for you right yeah it's about what's true yeah. and what's false right anyway i mean i understand um you know if you really like the woman uh you want to sort of maybe cross that bridge kind of slowly 
right? Rather than saying, yeah. you know, I can't accept religion because it's it's false. Uh, it, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the way you'd want to put it, but you put it in kind of a, a, a very soft way, if that makes any sense. I think so. I think, um, I think for me, I was just kind of, you know, kind of following that advice, like, because I know for some people, this is still, you know, this is really new for a lot of people. So, you know, I, you know, I kind of stumbled on it about two years ago. So, oh, yeah, listen, please understand, this is not a criticism. I'm just pointing out um, if religion turned out to be a problem, it may like I'm always looking at the beginning, right? Yeah. What's at the beginning that may have forestalled these problems? Had she talked about her her approach to religion or her feelings about or perceptions of religion prior to you talking? About yeah, it? she had. Um, um, well, not prior to me talking, but like during the conversation, we were exchanging back and forth, mm. and I, she, you know, she had shared with me her views on things, and so she had a more, I, uh, I think it's called. Uh, agnostic view of, of things. She didn't go to church. She wasn't, um, you know, particularly religious, but, you know, she believed in a higher power. And so I didn't think that was too bad, you know. Um, I'm sorry, can I ask you something else? Um, just yeah. just for my own clarity's sake. So when you said, when you were talking about religion, right, because people, they mean two things when they talk about religion. And that's hard to clarify sometimes. On the on the one hand, they mean religion like, is there a God? And the, by the other hand, they mean religion like, do you go to church where a guy in a funny hat waves incense around? Uh, you know, organized religion versus the existence of God. Those are two words that people mean. Those are two things that people mean when they say religion. So when she talked about religion, did she mean the sort of organized religion, the the the, the place to go, the the rituals to perform, or did she mean? I guess she meant organized religion if she was not that religious, but she didn't mean no God. She just meant no. Rituals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So I. Yeah, so, so when I you said that's... religion doesn't really, sorry, when you said religion doesn't really work for me, that if if she had interpreted that as organized religion doesn't really work for me, then that doesn't qualify you as an atheist. And again, this is not a criticism. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out. This is sort of what I. It, it's not very clear. Because religion is used mm-hmm. in these in these two kinds of ways. Anyway, enough of my blathering. I just wanted to sort of clarify that because it seems like an important statement. But uh, please go on. Okay. Well, so you know, after this conversation, uh, well, we were still, um, you know, talking, and and you know, the conversation was uh, becoming more and more interesting. She was. Uh, we started talking about the subject of philosophy came up, and she had talked about how. Um, how she had gotten into uh into reading philosophy because of her brother and you know her brother was really into it so she she had some background like not an, like not enough de- like not enough like detail to have a full on conversation but she was very familiar with it so i you know i i was like oh hey like this is <laughs> this seems like uh you know almost too good to be true like normally the people i meet you know you mentioned philosophy they have no clue or you know aren't even open to anything any kind of conversation like that so you know or they think so, it but, means some bland anti-emotional fortune cookie bullshit you know like yeah. i'm taking a philosophical approach to this means i'm rising above it and not feeling a damn thing about it <laughs> when people often <laughs> by by philosophy but anyway go on you know so 
so the first date was you know it was actually it was really great we had a we had a great time um talking with one another and you know just you know uh pretty much going out and um having fun doing things so after that first date she had she was leaving for about a month um because she is originally from a different a different state so she had left the city for about a month and sorry that would that would know, make during, me kind of paranoid to be frank you're going out on a date with her and she says listen that was a great date now listen i'm going to be out of town for, for about a month part of me would say like really was it really that great a date or do i'm going to walk in you like in three days around the corner say, oh yeah i got back early anyway that would just be my paranoia but go on <laughs> yeah yeah that did that did cross my mind but the date was it was one of those days that went really well that you were just kind of like i was you know, I was feeling pretty secure that, like, you know, this was, you know, this was something that could potentially go somewhere. Right. You call it the next so, time. She's like, you know, my Peace Corps thing came up and I'm <laughs> going to go to Mozambique for two and a half years, but I'll call you when I get back. Anyway, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we talk on the phone for about a month and, you know, I, you know, we start uh, getting in more in-depth conversations. And, you know, I even I would even made a suggestion for her to, like, read uh, real time relationships. And, you know, she downloaded uh, the book and, you know, had it printed out and, you know, was, you know, was really interested. Um, so I, you know, I took that as a also a pretty good sign. Um, and we talked on the phone, you know, late, you know stayed up like all hours of the night just like talking and really having like these really intimate conversations about our past and um you know where we saw ourselves in the future and you know some of the you know sharing war wounds and horror stories of past relationships and um I, you know, I brought up the the whole um, conversation about family history and, you know, really asking her about her experiences and then sharing mine, um, you know, my relationships with uh, my family, like really being honest about everything, like all of my interactions. And, you know, I noticed that her capacity for honesty, like, was, you know, was there, was there as well. Um, well, what, it, what seemed like seemed like it was you know uh pretty pretty genuine honesty like i didn't get any you know any indications that you know that she could be lying but you know who, who knows um so so you know after a month of just really getting to know each other um she comes she comes back and you know we spend about a week a week just uh you know just again, you know, dating, dating in real time, <laughs> so to speak. And we're having a blast. You know, what I thought, what I thought we were having a blast. And, and, you know, I'm introducing her to like friends of mine, like going out, we're, um, you know, we're partying, we're, you know, really having a, a good time and, you know, enjoying each other's company. So, one of the last days I saw her, um, 
she asked me to come, you know, to come by her place. And, you know, we, uh, you know, I'm thinking, all right, we'll probably go out, eat dinner and catch a movie or something. And she says to me that um, she feels like things are moving too fast and that um, that she would like to take the time to to get to know me as a friend. And in my head, you know, I was just kind of like, wait a minute, we spent about a month, you know, really getting to know each other without anything, you know, any kind of physical distractions. And yeah, that's not a great, uh, yeah, that's not a great sign. And and usually I don't think it's ever true. Right. (laughs) This too fast thing. I mean, imagine you win the lottery, right? And the guy comes to your house with a, you know, a big truck full of hundred dollar bills and you're like whoa hey no man we're moving too fast <laughs> you know just give me a hundred <laughs> and come back in a week or two no you'd be like grab it all right um yeah yeah i mean so the, the moving too fast thing is um well obviously particularly since you guys had a month of conversations after your first date and uh if you've got the right person you know i mean i met my wife and 10 months later we were married and you know, it's just 10 years tomorrow that we've known each other. So, you know, and it's better every day. So you don't move too fast when it's the right thing. So, yeah, that's not that's not particularly honest, but I'm sure that you got more details. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so and, you know, in my head, when she said that, I was just kind of like, all right, this is the relationship kiss of death. You know, uh, things are already <laughs> things are already, you know, this is like and I'm and she, you know, she's she started, you know, uh, tearing up and everything else and in my head I was just kind of kind of thinking to myself like wait a minute you know this is this is supposed to be the fun stage I'm not supposed to be getting you know like meld up in any kind of drama right now we're still you know still having a good time like like wow like like I don't like I really couldn't get it like it completely blind I felt blindsided by it so so I, you know, so I, so I said to her, and I was just like, all right, um, if you think we're moving too fast, um, we'll s- slow things down. That's, that's fine with me. Yeah. And she was just kind of, you know, she was like, okay, that's, that sounds good. So we go out to dinner and we, we start talking some more and, you know, I shared with her how, I think I just came out and said it uh, because she had brought up the whole concept of God. And I shared with her, I was just like, you know, just just from what you know, my history, you know, I um, I'm an atheist. You know, I don't I don't think, you know, I don't I don't know that God exists. You know, I don't I don't I honestly don't know. You know, that's the position that I take. And. You know, she seemed she seemed fine with it. You know, she didn't bring it up again. Um, so after afterwards, you mean you'd said that I didn't hear, some earlier date, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I didn't hear from her after that day for about two days, and I ended up bumping into her again at my job, and you know, she was just like, you know, I really wanted to be honest with you. The reason that, um, you know, I've been kind of 
like ducking you um, is because of the whole atheist thing. And, you know, I, you know, I feel like that, you know, my faith is a big part of me. And, you know, that's, that's, that's something that we should probably talk about a little later. And, you know, and she gave me a hug, you know, not even a kiss, a hug. And when that happened, uh, something in my head just, you know, I, maybe just from, you know, uh, past relationships that I've been in that just went sour, um, something in my head just was just like, all right, she didn't ask me any questions. She didn't even, you know, ask why I even took um, that pos- that position. Um, she wasn't curious about it, nothing. Well, and neither did and, she talk about how she had said that she wasn't religious. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of important, exactly. right? I mean, that that's a yeah. complete misrepresentation. If suddenly she's talking about how important her faith is, but she introduced herself as an agnostic, well, agnostic and faith do not go hand in hand, right? Faith is the, you know, yeah. imagine belief in something that is there for the person, right? Agnosticism is, well, you know, could be, could be not, but what does it matter, right? Yeah. So no you apologies know, so... for the misleading, right? Oh, no, no, not, not at all. Oh, that's wretched. Um, that's wretched. I'm so, so... sorry. <laughs> I'm like I'm so sorry. That's that's really slimy from what you're telling me. I mean, I mean it's slimy as hell. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, go so, ahead. So you know, I I just start like adding, you know, just really really doing some introspection and introspection of, of my own, and you know, I just decided, you know, I went home that day. And I just sent her a text and was just like, you know, look, um, take care of yourself. Um, it was nice meeting you. Bye. And, you know, she sent me a text back uh, just saying, you know, it was great getting to know you. Um, blah, blah, blah. Bye. And, you know, the thing I, you know, I really started thinking about the situation, trying to figure out, you know, like why it blew up, what happened. And, you know, I really started thinking about it. I was like, all right, wait, she was already backing out before, um, you know, before I, you know, I, we had had that discussion, discussion about uh, that, you know, more intent, in-depth discussion about um, uh, my belief system and my values. So she was already backing out before that conversation. So it wasn't that. You know, so I was just kind of like, I don't know what it could have been. But then I started thinking, all right, she was, you know, during our conversations, um, she would say things that were just, you know, almost red flags of insecurity. And... I, you know, I think I've, I've come to a point in my life where, um, where insecure, where the, you know, the whole, I, you know, I've, I've had two years of, um, 
therapy. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm regular on the on you know, the Freedom Main Radio podcast, um, and you know, I've done a lot of work, a lot of a lot of like you know hard work, you know, on myself. So, so like insecurity, like that like that level of of insecurity like where a person is seeking something external to kind of validate themselves i feel like i feel like i've kind of outgrown it if that makes any sense um, yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. I mean, we, we all have our insecurities, but it's the level of self-knowledge about those insecurities and the capacity to not have them run your life in an unconscious way. That's that's the key. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of, I you know, I really still thinking about the situation. I felt like, okay, if... You know, if I have, if I was bringing, you know, all of this, you know, good stuff to the table and somebody who's that insecure, you know, kind of matches up the points and feels like they don't match up, then, you know, maybe that's, that could have been the, a reason. I'm not saying I know what the reason was, you know, I was just kind of theorizing, um, but I would, you know, I, I I would love your um, opinion on this. Okay, I can tell you what I think. Um, obviously, it's shot in the dark, but maybe it'll it'll be helpful. Okay. All right. So here's a question for you: If if you wanted to ensure the survival of a belief system, would you focus on indoctrinating the women or the men? The women. Go on. Um, uh, if you indoctrinate the women, um, the men will just follow suit just to (laughs) pretty much reproduce. Right. And, and of course the women traditionally have control over the children's upbringing uh, early on, right? They give them over to Mm -hmm. the men at five or six when, you know, the propaganda, if it ain't there, it ain't there, right? (laughs) If it ain't there, it never gets there. Right. So... So, so this to me is, is pretty key around the issue of religion. And this is, this is well known, I think, in propaganda circles. So if, you, if you want, uh, if you want a, a belief system to survive, then you have to get the women. And uh, I mean, I've known a bunch of couples where the woman is religious, the man is an agnostic or an atheist, but it doesn't, you know, <laughs> the woman still takes the kids to church every Sunday. And of course, women, yeah, women hold the reproduction and uh, women are the choosers of the men. And so if the woman is religious, the man will uh, go along with it, so to speak, even though the man may be more skeptical, but uh, it will pass its way through women. And this is no slight on women. This is just the biology and the, the tribalism of reproduction and the reality of replicating memes or, or thought structures. You, you, you pass them through women. If you don't pass them through women, it doesn't really, it doesn't work. It doesn't last. I mean, think of one of the oldest uh, religions is the Jewish religion, which is notoriously matriarchal, right? Yeah. And, and so, so this, a lot of pressure is put on women in, in cultures to maintain 
the belief system. And it's my belief that if you know women were able to, this is why it's a shame that more men are philosophical than women, because if women were able to break free, and uh, you know I can only imagine just how tough that would be, but if women were able to break free of that kind of pressure and conditioning, uh, philosophy would leap forward like you know a cheetah on a double espresso out of a catapult and uh, so so i think i think that's important to to recognize when you are dating you know as an atheist as a philosopher as someone with therapy and self knowledge that you have a lot of freedom to believe in the truth which is denied to a lot of women they say well, a lot of women uh, are not that keen on philosophy because philosophy <laughs> opposes, in a sense, what the dominant belief structure demands and needs of women, which is to not be philosophical, but rather to be imprintable, if that makes any mm. sense. No, no that, that does make a lot of sense. And, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, no, uh, go on. Well, so, so when, you, uh, when you bring your beliefs, right, uh, it is. This is complete generalization, and and this is true of, of most people. I think it's slightly more true of women, in my experience. But you know, this is not any kind of universal proof. But in my experience, most women will not evaluate the truth or falsehood of an argument, but rather will feel its impact on their relationships. Mm. And this that is what can be frustrating. Yeah, this can be. This is. This can be very frustrating when arguing with a woman uh, about ideas because they go off on, it seems like they go off on tangents or it feels like reason goes out the window. It feels like you get this weird defensiveness or they shut down or they get anxious or they got, you know, whatever, right? Defensive or upset. Yeah. Or, and that's not because, and, and again, this is nothing to do with, with women can't think or this is just a lot of pressure in my experience that's been put on women to transmit the cultural meme, whatever it is that's that's dominant. And to do that, is, is, the way that you enforce an irrational idea is through uh, ostracism, uh, personal attack, smearing, character assassination, uh, rejection, uh, whatever, right? And we're, we're yeah. all susceptible to that. So, I mean, because we all want to reproduce, right? We, 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 are more, we are more interested in reproducing than being right. Because if we're right but mm. don't reproduce, our rightness dies with us. Whereas if we reproduce and are only somewhat right, we can move things forward a little bit, generation to generation. So, you know, we don't want to be right at the expense of not being able to reproduce. That's that's a real strong urge that we have as, you know, as animals, as, as a biological species. And so... Women, also, of course, they need a lot of support for for raising kids and so on, and men out hunter gathering and so on. So they're very dependent. Again, I'm just talking sort of historically, more dependent upon relationships yeah. than than men are. And so, since women have to transmit the cultural meme, and philosophy is the opposite of culture, <laughs> then and and mm. relationships are threatened if a woman turns to philosophy rather than to the crap masquerading as culture or religion or nationalism or whatever, right? Then yeah. when a philosopher comes to a woman, the woman looks at the arguments put forward and feels its impact on her relationships. And in my experience, you know, 51 to 49%, maybe it's that close, but it certainly is dominant in my experience, the, the, the value of the idea which for you and I is relative to the reason and evidence. The value of the idea for women, women is the degree to which it helps or harms her personal relationships. Uh, and so that's mm -hmm. the end of my sort of spiel or the way that I would, uh, would experience it. Now, 
to be fair to women, uh, a lot of women really, really see that North Star. They see that lamp. They see that lighthouse. And they really want to get to it, but it's really hard because mm. they're programmed to be relational, not empirical. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so yeah. my guess is that the, the growing intimacy that you had, the honesty, the intimacy, the openness that you had, was having an effect on her other relationships. Right? Every mm. relationship we have radiates out to all our other relationships. Right? So if she's having a more honest and open relationship with you than she's having with other people, yeah. what are those other people going to do? Hmm. I'm going to react with, um, I want to say, hostility. Yeah, they're going to get you out of the picture, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if you've got, uh, I mean, I'm not putting her in this category, but an extreme example, right? you got some some drunk with a bunch of other drunks and someone comes along and starts sobering up the drunk, well, it makes them feel anxious. They want to get rid of the guy who's coming to sober up the drunk so they can all go back into their squalid pit of alcoholism again, right? And, and mm-hmm. if she has dysfunctional relationships and if you are exposing her or introducing her or interacting with her in a, in a super functional way, then the other people in her relationships, in her life, are going to feel threatened by that. And it's all maybe unconscious. Maybe she never talked about it in anything in particular, but they're going to find her less interested in them because she's more interested in you. They're going to find her looking critically at them because she's getting more value from, from you. And they're going to realize that you are not consciously and not intentionally, but simply through the quality of your interaction with her, you are turning their steak into like C-grade hamburger. Mm. And... In my experience, again, I mean, if, if they have self-knowledge, they'll understand that and they'll, you know, talk about it with amongst each other. They'll go see a therapist. They'll recognize that, you know, something's changing here. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as um, interesting to, to this woman as I used to be, these other friends or family may say. And, uh, you know, but, but generally that's not what happens, right? What happens is people move in defensively to eject the high-quality specimen from the lower-quality environment. Oh, yeah. Like if... if- they had the capacity to do something like that um, to take those kinds of actions um, in the first place, then it wouldn't even be an issue. Right, 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 and um, uh, that's that's yeah, that's 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 very that's very much the case. And so yeah, if the people around her are not self knowledge oriented, or you know, and and since religion seemed to come up. Right, religion and self-knowledge do not go hand in hand, right? Because with religion, your deepest self is projected out into the infinite cosmos and anthropomorphized as the nebula around distant, non-existent stars. And so, self-knowledge—the idea that your entire soul, your entire consciousness, your entire being is contained within a couple of pounds of brain in your (laughs) skull—is is is not the case. Religious people project everything that is of depth and substance out into the into the universe, and therefore. 
I mean, they kind of have a path to self-knowledge in terms of asking God and so on, but it's not quite the same mm. as self-knowledge because it's it's so heavily projected. And it's so open to manipulation. Whatever we project out into the universe can be grabbed by other people and manipulated, which is why self-knowledge is the opposite of hierarchy and opposite of exploitation because it's contained within you and therefore you can't you know, have all these buttons floating around that people can just grab and push. Whereas if you believe in Jesus and somebody says, this is what Jesus says, then they can grab that projection and use it to walk you around like a... You know, like you're at the end of a vacuum on a stick. And so if there were religious elements in her environment, then they are going to move. They're, they're going to make their moves, you know. I, I used to think that I was just one side of a chessboard, but there's the whole of this, so many other sides to the chessboard. You make a move, other people make a counter move. And uh, mm. she's talking about you with other people that she knows. And she's, you know, if she's talking very enthusiastically about you and what she's enthusiastic about is not the nature of their relationship, then that's going to be a threat, right? Like if, if she's like, oh, you know, he's so great because he really, really talks about his childhood. He really talks about his history. He's gone to therapy. He's got a great deal of self-knowledge and blah, 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 whatever. I don't know whatever she would say, right? If yeah. the other people haven't gone to therapy and don't have two sticks of self-knowledge to rub together to start even a wet fire, then they're going to be like, oh, shit. I don't know how this is going to mm. go, but I don't think it's going to go well, right? Yeah. And it's other people's mm. interactions, other people's uh, influence over her that is uh, something which we rarely see, but but something that comes kind of out of the blue like this and something with this level of dishonesty, you know, where she yeah. goes from agnostic to, you know, a faith-based glowing goddess of, of, you know, Yahweh, then that, without even acknowledging it, that means that it's unconscious, right? So when people have changed their story fundamentally about their values and claim that's a reason to, to start breaking up and aren't even conscious of having changed their values, it means that someone else's alter ego is in possession of their personality, which means that they don't have boundaries. It means they've got manipulative people around them. It means that, you know, you name it, right? But, but that level of unconsciousness, because... She didn't seem to you like she wasn't being evasive. She was just genuinely, well, I'm a person. My faith means a lot to me and so on. It wasn't like yeah. she was ducking the, you know, like because some people could try and bluster that out, giving you a guilty look or whatever or, or just being nervous about it. But it sounds like she was, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but it sounds yeah. like she was like, well, no, I mean, I'm a person of faith. I mean, of course, right? As opposed to what yeah. she said on your first date, which was pretty important. That is an indication of an extreme unconscious split right i mean it's the, 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 these two parts are not she, she might even pass a lie detector on that that she's that split right does that make any sense that makes a lot of sense actually now i mean obviously this is all sketchy as shit right because <laughs> i mean i just got little oh. bits and you don't have to give me any details about the woman's history of course because you're not not on the call but does that sort of fit with what you know about uh, her history her surroundings her family and so on that actually that that fits that <laughs> that's a perfect fit actually um, Woo, hole in one <laughs> every 500 <laughs> listener calls i try to get a hole in one so anyway go on <laughs> so yeah um you know like i never um you know when she would tell me about her history like i would always kind of i would always kind of do the math in my in my head but you know that's just that's just the way my mind works you know and you know i would really start to size up the situation just be like you know kind of like all right if you felt like this as a kid something in your history was just kind of something in your history was 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 off you know wasn't perfect you know um 
you know, something, there was something toxic there. Um, and she, I don't even think she was, um, knowledgeable enough, knowledgeable enough to give me any of those kinds of details, you know, um, but, you know, during our conversation, she would say, you know, she would, you know, at, at first, at first, I should have, I should have taken it as a red flag when she would say things like, um, you know, you, you almost seem too good to be true. You know, you know, I guess, you know, it was a nice stroke to my ego, but. But um, that, that of course is an indication that there's a radical newness in her interactions with you. Yeah. Which tells you that people are either going to have to up their game or they're going to try and get rid of you, right? People around her. If it's, you know, people say, well, I've never had any conversations like this before. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> right? Because then all the people who she's never had conversations, she's going to try and open up those avenues of communication with them and they're going to make their counter moves for the most part. So, yeah, if it's radically yeah. new for her to have these kinds of conversations, uh, you know, you're too good to be true. I've never been anyone like you before and so on. That's, you know, again, it's not necessarily automatic doom, but it does mean that there's going to be a counter move from, from others at some point. Mm. You know, I don't like it's I guess it I guess it was kind of um, my fault because, you know, like I tend to if I find something new, like like, for instance, like uh, free domain radio um, and it's challenging me, you know, in a way that's that is, you know, beneficial and other people around me are hostile to it. You know, you know, I didn't say all right this has to go because it's changing my relationships i was just like you know what i kind of have nothing to lose you know right because you're like i'm gonna go in in pursuit of the truth and you know relationships hopefully they'll come with me and you know and those that don't uh well you know maybe i'll circle back later but you know you're in hot pursuit the truth is your prey right yeah yeah i, I in know. my experience again speaking very generally that that's not quite the case for for women Mm. Like we're the hunter gatherers and the women are the relational nurturers, right? And so we, you yeah. know, we're gonna go catch that, you know, gonna bring down that gazelle, gonna bring down that mammoth or or, or else, right? Uh, but that's not, I think, I don't think that's anything biologic. I think it's almost all conditioning, but uh, it's you know that doesn't make it and doesn't matter in a sense. You know, conditioning deep enough might as well be biological. But but in my experience, there are not many women who are willing to say the truth at all costs. There are a lot more men who, who are willing to say the truth at all costs, but it's, I think it's much harder for women. Mm. Hmm. And, and as a result, makes... right? So like, sorry, if you were to say, well, I'm going to sacrifice the truth as I understand it. And as I've uh, reasoned it, I, I'm going to sacrifice and, and not live the truth for the sake of a relationship. You would experience that as, as hypocritical and, and uh, kind of low, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I completely got and understand the whole Miko system thing, um, and I know a part of myself would not even be sad. Like I can't go back into that box. Right. You, know? you would be conscious of it. You'd be aware of it, and you'd be yeah. You'd be unable to fake it for long, and and it would be uh, pretty gross for you, right? Yeah. You know, I would I would you know self loathing and all all that crap that I feel like I've, you know, left behind in some 
way or another, you know. Um, yeah, I, it just wouldn't be pretty, pretty at all. Right, 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 right. And I, I again, I, I find that to be more of a male trait, at least at the moment. Uh, I find that to be more of a male trait than a female trait. And mm. I think it's very tragic for women, but women seem more able to live with those kinds of compromises than than men do and mm. that is that is a real challenge right and and so you know and to find to find a woman who's you know willing to do truth at all costs is um i mean it's a it's a needle in a haystack i mean it's well worth looking of course right because you know once you go down this path once you find a woman like that i mean you are you know rock solid for life i mean you're mated like swans um, mm. but, but that is a challenge, right? The other thing too, is that, you know, with a couple of years of self-knowledge and philosophy and so on under your belt, you are like an Olympic athlete. You know what I mean? Mm. You, you can't like, you're a, you know, top seated tennis player. I mean, you could say, well, I'll just hand a racket to some random person who I find attractive and we'll go out and do doubles tennis with other Olympic team members, but it's not going to work unless she's really good at tennis, right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't heal yourself into becoming an average because everybody's broken by something. Everybody's broken by something. You've got a bad family. If you don't have a bad family, you've got bad religion. If you don't have bad religion, then you've got bad public schools. If you don't have bad public schools, then you've got bad nationalism or some other kind of bigotry or shit or something like that, right? I mean, we do not live in a philosophical world at all. Um, mm. With you know, We are as common in the world as stars in the night sky when it's cloudy in Beijing and daylight. <laughs> like, so it's we're rare. We're rare. That's what I'm trying to say. And so you have not healed yourself up to the average, right? You have vaulted ahead of the average. And so I think you need to look for somebody who doesn't have signs of the average. So if you meet somebody and you know they've never been to therapy or never really delved into self-knowledge not read a lot of books on the topic uh, they don't know anything about philosophy it's like well that's great so you don't know which end of a tennis racket to hold um mm. i can point you to a coach uh, i can you know give you a book or two to read uh maybe i can, can even hit the ball back and forth for a little while but you know we can't play yeah does that make sense all right that makes sense i saw like i was, <laughs> I was just in this uh, i was down at um in, in Texas for this, this conference this last weekend, I was giving a, I was the MC and I gave a speech and, um, I saw this, uh, I was introduced to this kid who was like 14 and his, his mom was there and he was like the only 14 year old guy around. So I, he was like this long lanky guy with spider arms, like <laughs> an orangutan, a stretch monster. And he was sort of dithering around the ping pong table. And I like to play ping pong myself. And he had the arms. It's like, man, if he knew how to play, he'd be like whip great. And mm. so I said, hey, you want to play and all that? And anyway, he picked it up and, <laughs> you know, he might as well have tried to hit it with the edge of the racket rather than the flat because it just went everywhere. I didn't know what the hell he was doing. And so yeah. I played with him, I don't know, for five or ten minutes or whatever. And then I basically said, let's go. Let's go play chase with the kids that were in a sort of play center right next to us or whatever. So we went over there and played hide and seek with the kids or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, I could, you know, play with him for a few minutes, but I couldn't say, you know, let's meet here and play every day for an hour i gotta go i'd go mental right my game would deteriorate mm. his game would probably get a little better but you know i'm not in the coaching business i'm in the playing business so to speak and so yeah. 
you got to recognize your expertise. Your expertise needs to be matched with a level of expertise. I mean, it doesn't have to be identical, but, you know, not completely off the same ballpark. Otherwise, you're really not speaking the same language. You're really not in the same world. And you can keep that going for a while on, you know, because you talked about what she was really, really honest and really honest. Honesty is fine, but honesty is not the same as virtue. I mean, it's necessary. But, you know, if I come up to you and say, hey, I just strangled three homeless guys, I'm being honest but that's not going to make you <laughs> want to be my friend, right? I mean, honesty is great. Honesty is great, but um, uh, that's not um, that's not nearly enough. Yeah. Okay. You know, people who say, "Well, I've had a bad childhood." You know, I don't know if she did or didn't, but let's say she did, right? So uh, she said, oh, I had a really terrible childhood. This happened. This happened. This happened. This happened. Say, wow, that person's really honest. Well, yeah, that's great, and that's certainly better than denying it. Mm. But that's not the same as dealing with it. Mm, that's true. You know, if, if somebody's true. not in, if somebody's in a wheelchair and they say, "I'm not in a wheelchair," then they're insane, right? <laughs> so if somebody had a bad yeah. child, they won't even admit it. Then that's crazy. But if somebody's in a wheelchair and could get out, but they're not doing any rehab, then guess what? They're stuck in a wheelchair. And even if they come up and say, "Hey, I was stuck in a wheelchair. I had this terrible accident," blah blah blah. Well, that's great. But you know, I was in a wheelchair too. I did a lot of work, uh, and uh, I got out. Right. So yeah. if the person doesn't even know that they can get out or isn't even interested or, you know, re resists you re mentioning it or whatever, then they're just going to stay stuck in that wheelchair. And what are you know, again, this is a terrible metaphor because people in wheelchairs have my incredible sympathy. But but it means that, you know, you, you ain't going to you know, play. You're not going to play great hoops with them. Right. No, not at all. So, you know, respect means... the work that you've done, respect the work that you've done. It does not bring mm. you up to the norm. It does not bring you up to the average. Catapults you right over that. Mm. That makes sense. I feel like we're that sort of like sense. angels with capes on, you know? Shit, they better not see my wings. <laughs> it's going to really freak them the fuck out if they see my wings, man. <laughs> Shit, I dropped a feather. Let me step on it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that rustling sound? No, I think that's a tree out here. You know, that the wind is on the the tree. That must be it. <laughs> you know, if anything happens and we have to take flight suddenly, they'll just shit their pants or something, you know, like but we we you know, we've earned wings. And we can fly in a yeah. way that other people have only read about, or maybe even not even. So, you know, don't don't descend to the normal after the work that you've done. Not gonna work, I think. Yeah. And it's just a matter of just, you know, how do you go about rec uh, recognizing somebody with that, with, well, at least with that kind of potential? Well, no, it's got to be more than potential. It's got to have been work because you are not a man of potential. You are a man of work. You've done it. I mean, you've done a hell of a lot yeah. of it. Two years of therapy. Jeez, that's a long time. That's great. Fantastic. Good for you. Two years of philosophy, RTR, you know, all that kind of stuff, ecosystem work. I mean, you are a finely tuned self-knowledge <laughs> rocket sled right and it's not potential i mean i th i think you know you you have to um uh look not just for potential and now potential of course i mean not everyone is a philosopher and so on but if if somebody's been you know if a woman's been trained in science or or psychology or whatever then they're going to have some exposure to a rational critical method of thinking uh, which is great you know, if they're an art major who came from a Catholic school, probably not so much. Um, mm. But looking for people who have that kind of self-knowledge, it's pretty easy to establish, you know, early on. You know, you 
you you can say, oh yeah, like I'm really buzzed. I've, I just, you know, I'm doing, I'm in my second year of therapy. I just, I find it amazing. You know, and then if they say, oh yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I did, I did a couple of years of therapy, you know, recently and I just found it, you know, boom, Bob's your uncle, right? Doesn't mean they're perfect, mm-hmm. but it means that at least they know which end of a tennis racket to hold on the court, right? That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if um, if you know they light up when you start talking about reason and evidence, then you know th- it doesn't take long to get the basics right. Uh, now, of course, yeah. once they get the basics, their enthusiasm. People are usually only enthusiastic, really enthusiastic about philosophy if their relationships, their existing relationships, aren't that important to them, as it stands. Again, mm-hmm. I'm really, really generalizing here, right? Um, yeah. But people, I mean, I think one of the reasons sort of in hindsight that I got so excited about philosophy was I was not satisfied with my relationship. So in a sense, if philosophy was going to lead me to the truth and the truth was going to threaten my relationships, it was like, well, okay, so threaten these relationships. <laughs> They're not that great to begin with, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that's, that, you know, that's how I felt initially. Like that kind of enthusiasm? Yeah, damn the torpedoes. <laughs> Straight on till morning, right? Yeah, you know. Like I had nothing to lose, you know, so that's, you know, that's what it felt like for me anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, people's tears cover the windshield. It's like, I got wiper fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Keep driving. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, so you, you, you can, uh, you know, if you talk a lot about your own sort of self-knowledge and, and history and, and all that sort of stuff, then, um, look for more than nods. I mean, look for enthusiasm, look for any kind of mirrored experience and that kind of stuff. If all you get is nods and that's interesting and, you know, whatever, right, then that's great. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't lead anywhere. Or if somebody is like, philosophy is really interesting, but they don't have any clue how it might impact their relationships. Yeah. Then they don't know what philosophy is, really, uh, at least in the way we talk about it. And they're going to get blindsided and unconsciously hijacked all over the place, like it sounds like this woman did. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what I'm saying is, oh. stalk all the attractive women coming out of psychology. <laughs> psychology. Um, you know, find some psychologist and then look for whatever woman you find attractive, and then just stalk her and say, "Listen, I followed you here from your psychiatrist." <laughs> and then if you don't get maced, then she has no boundaries. Anyway. But uh, just that, anyway, just a real quick overview. But that's sort of what I would take out of out of that interaction. Does that does that help put it in any kind of context, or is that is that useful? No, that's actually that's actually really useful. That's really useful. Um, and you know, thank you for having this conversation with me. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, I think you've I think you've touched on um, some things that I didn't even take into consideration, like um, the idea that you know. Other people maybe, you know, maybe, you know, have, have their, you know, be really important influences on these kinds of situations. Because I feel like this is something that's happened more than once mm. in, like, re- relationships that I've been in. And, so, and sorry to interrupt what you're saying, but, but if you don't have, if you aren't that influenced by other people's opinions, then it's hard to see how much other people are, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. 
So yeah, I hope that uh, yeah. Remember, you're working in a ecosystem for other people and other people's ecosystems and a whole embedded history of which you are just a piece of foam on the tip of the ocean, right? This woman's got twenty, twenty-five, mm-hmm. thirty years or whatever embedded relationships with other people, and you come along, you're like a cork on the ocean, right? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously the ideas are deep and powerful, but you're dealing with a whole lot of repercussions uh, and ramifications that float out into her relationships. And those other people have a lot more hold over her than you do. And uh, unless she has a huge amount of integrity and is willing to come and talk to you and say, but the other, yeah, of course, you know, do you, do you prepare her for this stuff so that if, I don't know, that seems like too much management to me. Uh, but um, again, mm-hmm. you, know, you can obviously, you know, in this as all things, be your own best judge of those sorts of situations. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I, definitely agree with you on the you know too much management thing you know i i you know i really wouldn't want to tell someone how to how to go about living their life their lives you know um, yeah or you know like the quality that we're having might provoke some repercussions in the relationships around you and all that kind of stuff and, you know, that's <laughs> not only does it sound kind of sinister but it also is a lot of management uh, and you of course you would really hope that somebody would come to you and uh, and tell you if this was occurring yeah yeah that's true yeah but i don't yeah that's if if you get a chance i don't know i mean if you get a chance i mean if the woman would be willing to have a post-mortem you could sit down with her and say look um this is not a get back together kind of thing but when things don't work in my life that i want to work i like to figure out why and you know this is like a no ego uh, no defensiveness no hypersensitivity i could just i just i really want to know uh, you know what happened what went wrong um, and you know if you could give me 20 minutes um, maybe it would be helpful for you uh, because obviously if if you made a mistake with me and i think that we all looking for someone to to live the rest of our lives with to raise kids with to have that kind of really quality you know wipe each other's asses in our old age kind of interaction uh, and so this didn't work for you it didn't work for me and I try to learn as much as possible from things that don't work. In fact, it's more important to analyze the things that don't work than the things that do work. And so if you could, you know, lure her into a, a postmortem, uh, I think that mm. would be really helpful. And it doesn't, in a sense, it doesn't matter how honest she is in that because you'll be aware and sensitive enough to see what's going on. But um, uh, I, I think that would be really, really worthwhile. And again, it's, it's useful for you. It also could be helpful to her, right, to see uh, how... Uh, you know, someone like you would would deal with that kind of stuff. But I think that's I think that stuff is really really important. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought about doing that um, at some point. And I know for me it was just kind of like, all right, let me just get over the fact, you know, this whole, you know, let me um, sit, you know, take an in for a while and let's, you know, mourn, you know, the death of this, you know, relationship. Um, if you can call it a relationship. Um, no, it was and, a relationship. I mean, you had hopes and, and you cared. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a relationship. And, and you, you poured your heart out. I mean, you gave her your all. You shared your values. You shared your history. I mean, that's I mean, that's exposing the soft underbelly of the soul. And uh, that's a relationship. You had high hopes. And I think it's it's definitely worth a, a postmortem uh, because that would give you some closure. I think that's going to be really helpful and important. Mm. And, you know, you can say, okay. hey, you know, uh, at the beginning you seemed to be agnostic and then you talked about your faith. I could, I can't put those things together. Uh, did something change or did you find more religiosity in between or 
like, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And just see how she deals with that. It doesn't have to be anything confrontational or unpleasant, but, you know, I can't square this up kind of stuff uh, can be really, really helpful. And, and of course, you know, you, arguments helpful for her too, right? I mean, she didn't want to spend another couple of months with some other guy that doesn't work out with or whatever, right? So she can probably benefit from it as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it would also help, I think, if you guys are still working in the same place. You know, it'd be nice to, I think, get that kind of closure too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that way there's no, you know, no static at all. Yeah, the stuff that's unsaid is always tense, right? Uh, the stuff that's confused, yeah. the stuff that's, uh, you know, because you get to project all your crazy stuff, like my crazy stuff too, everyone has it, right? You get to project all of that stuff into that, which is not explicit. And so I think it's always worth trying to bring as much as possible into the conscious minds. And if she doesn't bring anything into the conscious mind, you're at least are then conscious of the fact that she doesn't bring anything into the conscious mind, and I think that will help in terms of closure. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so I think I'm definitely gonna go forward with, with having that conversation. You know, next time I see her, if she's open to it. You know. Yeah, of course, um, of course. Yeah, corner or whatever. But yeah, I think I think. <laughs> and but and if she's not open to it, that tells you a lot as well, right? Yeah. About her level of coachability, yeah. her capacity to learn, and and her willingness to um to examine and and grow, right? I mean, if she's like, no, I don't want to have to talk about that. It's like, okay, well, I guess that would have been the pattern, right? And in which case, it's a little easier to let go. Mm. Okay. All right, man. Well, listen, I better uh, start heading off to bed because Lord knows my daughter is going to raise raise with oh. chickens so um I'll, I'll send you a copy of this i think i mean i think it's useful stuff i mean i hope that you'll consider it we've got no names or anything consider uh, letting other people have a listen but but have a listen yourself first and oh yeah what do you think oh yeah definitely all right thanks man have a great night all right all right thank you thank you steph you're welcome